0: Chapter Twenty Two of *The Submarine Boys for the Flag*. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sargent Gagan. *The Submarine Boys for the Flag* by Victor G. Durham. Chapter Twenty Two. The Part of Abercrombie R.N come girl you must go commanded millard harshly i will not she replied coldly until my escort is ready to go with me he will not go with you replied miller significantly and you must not remain what is to be done here is no thing for a dainty woman to see mr benson appealed the girl will you enter the cab first if he does the cab will not leave sneered millard All this while the four men who had just come from the house were stealthily grouping themselves. Jack watched them alertly. He did not intend to be taken unawares, yet he hesitated to draw his pistol while Miss Houston was there. "'Go, girl,' Millard ordered, again. "'I've told you already that I should only go when Mr. Benson gives the word and accompanies me,' replied the girl, white but courageous. Then we won't waste time, laughed the wretched harshly. Since you will stay, then you must be witness of what you have brought on my worst foe. Come on, men, close in, get him. As the men sprang to obey and Jack dodged nimbly back, Daisy Houston uttered a piercing scream. The next thing she did was wholly natural. Under the intense strain of her feelings, the girl fainted. Take her, nodded Miller to the driver, who was plainly one of the desperate lot. Take her from here as fast as you can." The driver, ready for his work, snatched up the girl's light form. I have a care what you do with you, all of you, cried Jack Benson warningly, and now in his hand the revolver gleamed. But one of the wretches, darting in at Jack's right from behind, aimed a blow with a cudgel at the weapon. He struck it from the young lieutenant's hand. Down to the ground it fell, but Lieutenant Benson was as quick as thought now, he bent over, snatching up the weapon, and then ducked away from a follow-up blow at his head and sprang back. "'You first, Millard,' cried the young acting naval officer. Full of purpose, Lieutenant Jack pressed the trigger. It stuck. No report followed. That blow from the cudgel had jammed the cylinder. Having dropped the senseless form of Daisy Houston in the cab, The driver sprang to the box lashing the horses just as lieutenant benson discovered the uselessness of his weapon as a firearm then indeed young benson knew that this must be a fight to the very death yet he was a naval officer at heart as much as by special appointment at a time like this he held life cheaply the first man to get within reach was laid flat by a blow with the bunt of jack's revolver Instantly, young Jack Benson wheeled into a strike at another pressing foe. Instead, he received a glance through a painful blow on his own left shoulder. The assailant could recover, however. Benson leaped at him and would have felled him had not Millard himself leaped in, striking up the young naval officer's arm. Once more, Lieutenant Jack leaped back. His whole body was alert, nerves and muscles responding magnificently. He fairly vibrated defense. Close in on him and surround him, snarled Millard. If we gotta get him, we haven't many minutes left. We didn't know at what instant to look for interference. Jack landed effectively on one of the other rascals. Just as he was wheeling, however, to ward off the attack of yet another, a stick landed against his knee, partly crippling him. And moving backward, Benson almost stumbled over a stone half the size of his head right there in that same moment with which he thrust the revolver into one of his pockets he bent down snatched up the heavy stone and held it poised over his head now come on now close in cried jack exultantly that first man who gets too close has his head split open who wants it His usually good-natured face was transformed by the fiery rage of battle Surely there was some of the old Norseman streak left in Jack Benson's makeup. up As he stood there, keenly alert, ready to heave the rock, he looked like a young Thor, armed with a massive stone hammer. Spread! Get back of him! yelled Miller hoarsely. I'll take the position of attack in the front. Down him! Guess which way I'm going to heave this stone! cried Jack tauntingly. As he half-wheeled, so as to watch those trying to steal a march on his rear. "'Bosh, you can soon stop that, man," jeered Millard suddenly. "'Fall back. Get a fistful of stones, Drain them on the youngster at a safe distance. One of you will soon hit him and send him down.' Young Benson gasped inwardly with dismay, though his face did not blanch. Millard's followers drew back to obey. Yes, these fellows could throw small stones from a much greater distance than the young lieutenant could hurl the large one. They had but to keep up this fire for a few seconds, when one of them was certain to hit him in the head, putting him out of the fight. Jack Benson dropped the big stone, though he stood over it. Like a flash, his revolver came out again. Aiming at Miller, the young naval officer made frantic efforts to make the cylinder revolve, but the weapon proved to be hopelessly jammed now keep on volleying the youngster with until you have him down and holding out yelled millard hoarsely the air seemed filled with stones jack hopped as nimbly as possible dodging all he could yet one part of his body after another was hit rat-a-tat-tat jack hardly comprehend what this new noise meant when it grew in volume then a horseman rode into the yard at a charge one down yelled the horseman with a savage glee, as he drove his mount squarely against one of the wretches, bullying him over and underfoot. Hardly seeming to veer, the rider made for another fellow, and barely missed him. Just a second later, so it seemed, this valiant rider hauled the horse on its haunches and swung back, heading for another wretch. Miller leaped at the horseman, a stone in his uplifted fist, jack benson saw him and well-planted blows sent miller to the ground fully good of you benson old chap called the hearty voice then the horseman spurred forward running down another of benson's late assailants the two remained bolted as fast as they could go mr abercrombie cried lieutenant jack yes it's i and jolly good here i am in time that the british naval officer with whom this brief, frolicking battle had made as gleeful as a boy. "'But how on earth did you happen to turn up?' asked Jack, a feeling of mystery coming over him after he had glanced at Millard and had made sure the latter would sleep for some time. "'Why, I was out for my afternoon canter, dear fellow,' bubbled Lt. Abercrombie, R.N. "'I was coming down the road at a hard trot, don't you know, when a cab rolled by. Young woman, a deuce pretty one, thrust her head out, and shrieked at me. What could I do? It was a deuce extraordinary. And I had to do something quickly, so I rode alongside the cab and told the driver to hold up. Oh, I must have looked unusually menacing, don't you know, for by Jove, the fellow obeyed me. Then I reached up and yanked him down off the cab. The fellow really started to blackguard me, while the young woman was shouting something at me at the same time. I had to silence the fellow, don't you know, so I could understand the young lady. So I struck him over the head with the butt of my riding whip. My word, I must have hit the blackguard hard, for he just curled up and lay down. The young lady sprang out of the cab and begged me to hurry down here. She looked able to take care of herself, so I just left my revolver with her. By Jove, here I am, and deuced glad of it. "'Upon my word, Benson, dear old fellow, all the luck seemed to be running against you.' "'It was,' Jack admitted dryly. "'But now I've got the man I came after, and I've got to keep him, too,' added Lieutenant Benson gravely. As he spoke, the submarine boy drew a pair of handcuffs from an inner pocket. "'By Jove, do you young naval officers in this country carry such jewelry?" murmured Lieutenant Amber Crombie, R.N., "'They do, I guess, when they're engaged on work like mine at the present,' smiled Lieutenant Jack of the United States Navy. "'Now then, by jove, I think we'd better go back to the young lady.' Suddenly, decided Abercrombie. for Millard still showed no signs of recovering his senses. One of the other two men who had been ridden down now recovered enough to begin crawling away furatively. "'Do you want that chap?' asked i have no facilities for keeping him prisoner jack answered for that matter i guess he's nothing but a hired thug the washington police can find and take care of him at their convenience good enough nodded the british lieutenant and now would you mind if i go to her instead inquired benson hastily no no not in the least dear old fellow and while you're gone i'll constitute myself as a special bobby to look after this chap of yours in the bracelets So Jack hurried off up the road, wondering how Daisy Houston fared with a revolver and a hostile cabman. End of Chapter Twenty Two. Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan.